the New Testament passage for this day is um, Mark chapter 8, verses 31 and following. You may want to follow along. I'll be um, speaking to this in my sermon, so it's on page 999, 999 in our pew Bibles. But it's Mark chapter 8, verses 31 and following. <clears throat> I ask you to listen for the word of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have the things of God in mind, but rather the things of men. And then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a person to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a person give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with all the angels. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations that reside in our hearts, may these be something that gives you glory and the thing that builds us up. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to suggest if you look at Mark 8, the passage that I read, 31 and following, if you look at that passage from a business point of view, from a marketing point of view, it's really Jesus is way off the mark. In fact, I want to suggest if you have a small business or any kind of business and you want to do some marketing, then read carefully Mark 8, 31 and following and do the exact opposite. Now, think about this. Jesus has good product called good news, the gospel. And in fact, Jesus has good naming going on. It's called good news. Good news, if you translate that, is gospel. Gospel translates into the word good news. That's a good name. That's good naming. So you have things like Almond Joy, or Hershey Kiss, or Good News. I mean, how could you be opposed to that? It's, it's happy, it's good news, it's Hershey Kiss, it's Almond Joy. So it's good naming. But when it comes to marketing, Jesus, you know, we're talking D minus here. So, so listen to what Jesus does. The first thing he does is when uh, Peter, and this is the uh, verse immediately before what I read, so verse 30 instead of 31, Peter figures out what the content of this, this product is, the gospel is. And so Peter says, thou art the Christ. And Jesus says, don't tell anybody. How's that for marketing? I mean, if you figure out good news, you want Facebook that, you know? You want to network that. You want it to go, the language of today, viral. Jesus, don't tell anybody. And then, 
Jesus uses words to market the gospel, the good news. He uses these words, suffering, rejection, and death. Those are not good marketing words, right? I mean, most of us spend the better part of our life getting over rejection in one way or the other. You don't want to use those words for marketing. And then, when Peter takes Jesus aside and says, you know, I think you want to think about this a little bit more clearly, Jesus, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, the future CEO of this corporation, the gospel, Jesus calls Peter Satan. Get thee behind me. Do you really want to call the future CEO Satan? I want to suggest that from a marketing point of view, something's not right about this. But maybe there's something more than marketing going on. So let's take a look. Jesus says quite plainly, verse 34, Jesus says very plainly that he needs, he will be crucified. I will be crucified, I will be suffer, rejection, death, crucified, three days I will rise again. Now, when you think about Jesus' audience, the folks that he's marketing to, everybody, and I'm not practicing hyperbole here, everybody, including children, everybody in Jesus' audience has seen crucifixion. And this is a reality that most people want to deny. They are in denial. Can I pause here? Denial is not always a bad thing. Denial is is our way of protecting us from our mind from crashing. Sometimes it's a good thing. Everybody in Jesus' audience has witnessed crucifixion. It is Rome's way of keeping the public under control, and it's public on purpose. They have seen crucifixion, and so they know the horror of it. They know that people are pinned, nailed to a piece of wood. You can almost hear the sound of that. They know that when you're crucified, the breathing becomes almost impossible because the weight of the body is dragging down on the, on the lungs and the breathing. And then when you want to sit yourself up so you can breathe more easily, then the pain of the wounds and the feet becomes excruciating, so there's no way to get out of the agony. They know that there's severe dehydration from the flogging and the blood loss and the wounds. They know that the body will go into convulsions, but there's no place to convulse because you're, you're pinned. People everyone. Everyone knows the horror of crucifixion. And so when Jesus says, I must be crucified, I must suffer, be rejected, and crucified, is that really the image that you want to portray? Do you really want to tell people that they need to pick up the cross and follow? I kind of think I want to be with Peter on this one. I want to pull Jesus aside and say, Jesus, you know, from a marketing standpoint, I don't think you want to use these words. Suffer, rejection, crucifixion, denial. I think maybe you want to use words like exciting. Oh, the gospel of the church is exciting. Or, can we confess that this is a word that the church uses far too often and incorrectly? Energizing. We love to be energized, don't we? You just get a little Jesus, bam, you got energizing so you can be Another great marketing word, youthful. Oh, you'll just, and sexy. Ooh, we like that kind of stuff, don't we? You get the gospel, you'll be energized and, and all that good stuff. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He's using words like suffering, rejection, denial, crucifixion. 
Maybe Jesus is telling us something here. Maybe, maybe the gospel of God, maybe the gospel, the good news, is not a little tasty treat at the end of our little day, like almond joy, Hershey kiss, good news. Maybe it's about commitment to following one with everything that we have, and commitment always costs, always. Jesus uses the word deny. You must deny yourself and pick up the cross, the cross, and follow me. Can I go back to the marketing thing again? Deny is never a word you want to use in marketing, ever. You want to use another D word. You want to use the word deserve. You deserve better, really. You deserve more than that. You deserve a treat today or a break or whatever it is. But to deny, that's not a good marketing word. It's like suffering, rejection, death, deny. But then again, maybe denial is a basic reality of life. Not just a kingdom reality, but a reality reality. That if you want to grow in one realm, you need to die in another realm. You need to deny yourself in order to grow. If something's going to grow, something needs to be denied. It's the old, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too, because if you eat your cake, you don't have your cake anymore. You can't, for example, have a pure heart and pornography at the same time. Something has to die. You can't be fit and lazy. Something has to die. You can't have joy and vengeance at the same time. Something must die. You can't be content and have envy, envy at the same time. Something has to die. Something has to die, be denied, so something better can grow. So what needs to die so something better can grow? Well, let's, can we play one of our word games? Can we do an acronym? Yes, the answer is yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. What needs to die? Let me suggest these things. The first, and we'll go from easier to really, really hard. Desires. Desires of the lower self need to die. Now, in the old days, when we were more mature about morality, we understood there was the lower self and the higher self. And that was used, that language was used quite frequently. The desires of the lower self must be put to death. For example, if you're raising kids and you got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, and the seven-year-old wants to punch the five-year-old in the nose, five-year-olds oftentimes deserve to be punched in the nose, by the way, but one of the things mom and dad have to do is say, judge, that is inappropriate behavior. Just because you're angry, you can't go around punching your little brother or anybody else in the nose. That's judged as inappropriate behavior. And, hopefully, the goal of parenting is that the child will eventually internalize that and realize, just because I'm angry, just because I have that desire, doesn't mean I should be punching everybody in the nose. Right? So, anger, and you can fill in the rest of the blanks. Every desire does not give glory to God. Every desire of the heart is not necessarily a good desire. So we need to put to death Deny those lower desires. So the desires of the heart. E, expectations. There are expectations that are on our lives that do not give glory to God and honor to the kingdom. There are two basic expectations, I think. There are the expectations that others place on us that are not in accordance with the will of God. So, for example, the stuff that they make movies out of. Mom and Dad expected me 
to be a great football player, but I wanted to be a great artist or pianist or something. There are expectations that are placed on us that are not good expectations. We need to put them to death. Sometimes there are expectations that we put on ourselves that are not in accordance with the will of God. So perhaps you have the expectation to be perfect in everything. Nobody's perfect. Get over that. Jesus is perfect. Or you have the expectation that you should be wealthy or famous or whatever. All expectations that we have or that are placed on us do not give glory to God. We need to put them to death so something more beautiful can grow in us. Desires of the lower self, expectations of the heart that do not give glory to God, attitudes, attitudes, attitudes that are not in accordance with the things of the kingdom. Some attitudes need to be put to death. Let me um, expand on that. One of the attitudes that I hear quite often, I think it's kind of cultural stuff, daytime TV is filled with it, is that we should all be happy. I hate that attitude. Uh, people that are, I, I know I say this far too much, forgive me my sisters and brothers, but people that are perky and happy all the time are very, very annoying people. <laughs> it's true. Statistically, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Try this for a better attitude. So instead of waking up in the morning and thinking, oh, I'm going to be happy today, if, if you do that, don't come near me. <laughs> Try this one. Try thinking that perhaps, this is weird, Jesus is right. And that, when he says, I must suffer and be rejected, that that's part of life. So when you wake up in the morning, think this. There is a very high likelihood that today I'm going to suffer. And there's a very, very high likelihood that today somebody is going to, be, going to reject me. And I'm still going to give glory to God. And I know that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. And I will still walk in the ways of my Lord Jesus Christ. I will still keep the commandments because I am a disciple. Try that attitude rather than just perky. <laughs> Things that need to be put to death. Desires of the lower self. Expectations not in accordance with the kingdom of God. Attitudes that do not give glory to God. T. Thinking that is not in a line with the truth of God. Thinking, all thoughts are not good. Listen to what St. Paul says. It's one of the greatest quotes there is. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10. I forget, 10.5. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Paul says, St. Paul says, we are to take every thought, do you know this verse? You are to take every thought and make it captive and submit it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thoughts come through the head. Do you know that? Like, the thought that's probably going through your head now is, when's it going to be done? <laughs> Those thoughts that go through your head, you can't control. Let me repeat that. Thoughts that flow through the head, you cannot control. You can control what you do with them. And all thinking is not good thinking. So when those thoughts flow through your head that are not good thoughts, that are not giving glory to God, take those thoughts captive. That's an activity that you can do and make them as a gift to the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit them to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to put to death those thoughts that are not giving glory to God, desires that are not in accordance with the will of God, expectations that don't give glory to God, attitudes that are not in line with the kingdom of God, thinking that does not give glory to Jesus Christ. I need an H word, right? This one's so hard, I don't even want to say it. And, and by the way, you can't do it. You're going to fail at this one. 
your heart. The things of the heart must be put to death. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah says, The heart is deceitful beyond all things. Let's finish that quote. Jeremiah 17. The heart is deceitful beyond all things. It cannot be cured. It must be put to death so that Christ's heart can rise in us. One of the quotes that we say far too often, far too often, a kind of cultural norm, is that we need to follow our hearts. You heard that one? Did you read the paper this week about the school teacher in California? Broke my heart. <laughs> school teacher in California, middle-aged man, wife, and two teenage kids, falls in love with an 18-year-old senior. She's legal, she's 18 years old. He leaves his wife and two teenage kids and moves in with the 18-year-old. And the thing, he said this, he said this in the California paper. He said, what do I do? Do I follow the expectations that other put, others put on us, or do I follow the desires of my heart? Can I suggest you never follow the desires of your heart? You follow the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. You follow the truth of the kingdom. You follow in the ways of God. And as we put to death those things that do not give glory to God, then the things of God will rise in our hearts. Things like faith, things like hope, things like peace, things like contentment, things like love. The things that we cannot earn by ourselves or create in ourselves. We put to death those things that do not give glory so that the things of God can rise within us. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus was right. That the kingdom of God is not about slick marketing. It is about dying to ourselves so that he can live in us. Let's pray. Lord, we know we have failed, and we know you are patient. But even today, we offer to you our hearts. Our hearts are open, our hearts are lifted, so that your truth, faith, and love can rise in us, and we will be the people that you have purposed us to be. In thy name. Amen.